0: We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that.
1: And we are doing this. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? A podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Stephen. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what's the good word?
0: To hell with Georgia, Stephen. Always and forever.
1: And also the word is... Aloha. And the other word is Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa. Happy holidays to all of our loyal listeners. Yes, this is the holiday edition of What's the Good Word. We are coming near the end of the year. We're recording this in the last week of 2023. And before we get into the news, which, by the way, the news is going to be dominated by men's basketball and men's football. Why? Because it's a holiday week, and the only other sport playing is women's basketball, and they basically had the week off. By the way, they are playing Friday the 29th, uh, at Florida State to kick off their ACC Number schedule. Number
0: Florida State. Absolutely.
1: Their first home game will be January 4th against Virginia. We might be mentioning them during the show, but they aren't playing this week. All the other sports are off. The students are off. But you guys aren't. You're listening to us talk about the basketball team out in Hawaii. That's why you said aloha. Okay. And the bowl game, uh, the Gasparilla Bowl, and you know maybe looking ahead to the new year. So we want to thank you for joining us, and we want to thank you for Being more than dozens and dozens of fans to this point, and we thank you for that. So, uh, I went through all the thank yous, which we normally do at the end, but I did it at the beginning because we don't save wrapping paper around here. (sighs) uh i we also want to acknowledge roman is still champion and the royal rumble coming up in january which we will be attending will potentially watch royal uh, watch roman defend uh at that. i hope so i really hope he's there yes so all right time to get into the news joshua i will turn it over to you because i believe we're
0: gonna do basketball first then football we are indeed so we mentioned it briefly georgia tech was in the diamond head classic um, over the past week, they were guaranteed to play at least two games because of the way the tournament was set up. Basically, it's like, what, eight teams are there? It was eight teams, So eight yeah. teams are there. Um, the four winners move on to the actual champion bracket. Um, and the four losers, they play consolation games. If you win in the loser's bracket, you play the loser's championship, and you get the, the golden sombrero or whatever... Would be the no, phrase
1: probably be an extra lay necklace?
0: Yeah, there you go. Or you get like a like a special edition Hawaiian shirt. But either way, you're guaranteed two games. Um, Georgia Tech got to play three because they were in the championship, and we're going to recap all three games because all three games had various different things going on. So the first game to open the tournament, they played UMass. Um, to open the game, if you remember, Tafar Gapares. Former team, Mm -hmm. Uh, chance for a revenge game. There wasn't a revenge game because Tafara only played six minutes, Uh, probably intentionally. Shout out Damon, but um, it was quite the close game, as you would imagine. Um, At the half, Georgia Tech was up six, uh, and they, the Minutemen, did try to make a comeback in the second half. Basically, Georgia Tech did not pull away. Right, they didn't necessarily dominate the game, but they also did not let the game slip through their fingers. Um, looking at the stats, notable performers by Dongo doing what he does best, 12 points, eight rebounds, six of six from the field with two blocks. Um, We'll talk about him once we get done with all the games. Miles Kelly continued to struggle with his shot, two of 11, 0 of six from three for seven points. Uh, Kowasi Reeves struggled as well, three of 10, 0 of two from the three-point line. But Nate George, nine points, five rebounds. And the true standout, Steven, Kyle Sturdivant, 21 points on 10 shots, from the bench, 8-of-8 eight eight from the free throw line. And importantly, I believe 4-of-4 four four or 6-of-6 six six,
1: right at the end of the game, he hit—it I, I it was at least four straight free throws to kind of seal the game uh, as they were uh, trying to foul us. You know, uh, UMass, coached by Frank Martin, uh, who came to fame mostly at South Carolina, a strong defensive-minded coach— and they they really they, they grind out games, and they were grinding this game out, and we just never let them get all the way back. We certainly made some mistakes, and like you said, didn't put them away, but we did enough to win. And and yeah. Sturdivant really helped close out the game with a cool head at the end. He he, you could tell he knew he could get to his shot. And when he does that, and they're always like 8-foot, 10-foot
0: shots, and, <laughs> and then he closed out with free throws. So shout out the senior guard. He also got 12 points from Debo Coleman and 9 rebounds off the bench from Tyjon Claude, who also did not take a shot in the 23 minutes he played, but he also had a block and a steal. Um, yeah, just overall a very strong game. The Minutemen did have four players in double digits um so very uh, egalitarian offense. Oh. Yeah. Word of the day. Deep in the bag <laughs> like the fries at the bottom. Um so but Georgia Tech again was able to maintain their um their their level of play throughout the game. They never really got let the game get away from them. They almost did. They I didn't did. I didn't get to watch this game. I was busy. But it, the, well, so this was a game of runs. Okay? Georgia Tech
1: came out horrible. Uh, and then they, they climbed back into it. Uh, then they took the lead, they kind of expanded the lead at the first part of the second half and then South, and then UMass, Turned up the pressure, started doing full court pressure. And we had a gap in the second half where it was, we just, we looked like a middle school team. It was Mm.
0: absolutely terrible. Yeah, at one point they were up 10 with about 14 and a half minutes left in the second half.
1: And so we just started climbing back and grinding out. And so you got to give this team a lot of credit. And this was the story of this tournament and really this team over the last few games. They just they they don't let it get too far away and they they have this ability to kind of turn flip a switch or turn a knob or just kind of grind out whether they need defensive grinding out stops or uh, change the offense to go to something that works but they've they've found this ability i hope it continues but you've got to give them credit because they could have very easily and we've if you've watched tech sports the last few years you could have seen them kind of give up or just, you know, oh, it's not going our way. But that there's a there's a mental toughness to this team yeah. that I hope
0: I continue to see. Yeah, Mighty Mouse is doing his thing. And you college.
1: said this wasn't a revenge for Tafar Gapara. It was a revenge game for the entire team to take out the UMass Lowell. Yes, uh, we're now w- one and one against, against the state UMass of Massachusetts. Schools. <laughs> Shout out. UMass School. Woohoo. It's funny, we had lost that game 74 71, and we won this game 73 70. So, uh, Net
0: neutral, but it is 1-1. One one. It is what it is. So, the next game, we move into the semifinals. Georgia Tech had the deck stacked against them, Stephen. They were playing the home team, the the, the crowd favorites, the biggest attendance of the day, which was about 4,000 for the, de- the tournament. The defending champions of the Diamond yes. Head Classic,
1: because they were coming off their only win of their own tournament from the previous year.
0: Yes, yes. Hawaii was definitely a solid team, but Georgia Tech said, Stand back. Cause there's a hurricane coming through, Ooh. and they were able to take the win, seventy-three to sixty-eight. Now this game I was able to watch, and Georgia Tech um, at the half was up t- forty-three to twenty-seven. They looked fantastic in the first half. It seemed like almost everything that they could try, that every shot they were trying to get, every put thing they put up was getting was going in. Every, everything was working. The, the, the jump shot was there for everybody. Unfortunately, in the second half, they could not hit the bottom of the ocean mm-hmm. with the ball. And they... Not for lack of good shots. There were whoa, some dumb yes. shots, but there were some wide-open shots, great sets, and just the ball wouldn't drop. There was plenty of... there's pl- there's good process. It was just, you know, clanging off the rim. There was a couple I distinctly remember rattling around and, yeah. like, hitting off the backboard and coming off. But either way, uh, Georgia Tech did pull it together and did not give up the game. They did not lose, although, like I said, it was not for lack of an effort on their part. Um, At one point, I believe the closest it got at the end of the game was a one-point spread after a layup with three minutes left. Hawaii was within one. But then there was two free throws from Ndongo to take it to three. Nate George hit a free throw to take it to four. Um, They hit free throws. Bai got another layup, as we'll talk about, and Miles Kelly got a layup that effectively salted the game and made it 69-63, and they were not able to recover. Uh, and Dongo, guess what? He did great things again. Uh, 22 points, 12 rebounds, 10 of 12 shooting, 2 of 2 from the line, and 1 steal. He did have 5 fouls. He did foul out. Um, he was He was doing everything he could to protect the rim, that's for sure. And there were a couple, obviously, every game you have some that are like, was that really a foul? Because, I mean, what's what's what goes together better than uh, basketball fans saying that wasn't a foul? So that's, what, that's what I always say, at least. Um, Miles Kelly had his one of his best games in a while. 14 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 5 of 11 shooting, only 1 of 3 from 3, 3 of 4 from the line. I believe that's a season high, uh, percentage-wise. You also had 14 from Nate George with 3 assists, although he was 4 of 12. He got a little... Got a little cocky there at the end, but um, I like the aggression. I, he definitely. We we t- we said this when we were watching the game. It definitely looked like he thought from a very early point, I can score on this kid yeah. that is guarding me. And he at had the a, beginning, he, he did He had a
1: size advantage, and he was kind of hitting the same shot. Uh, the ones he hit, it seemed like it was that drive shot that he either lobs or this time he was kind of shooting. Yeah, very and, Trey Young esque. Yeah, yeah, where kind it's of a floater lob. Yeah. It was it was nice. Um, it was good to see. Tafara Kapari also played twenty nine minutes and yeah. had set nine point seven rebounds with four blocks. Tafara seems to be getting minutes when Damon wants to put him on usually a smaller guard. I think that Tafari can really clamp down and really be a yeah. He had some blocks on smaller well, so players. He's, he's got the foot he's,
0: speed to, to guard out correct. there. Correct.
1: Now I did see Tafari also guard. On the wing or even in the post a little bit, so he's kind of a he's kind of a go anywhere. And I think he's more defensive than offensive, and it's because he's a mismatch. Yeah, defensively. So well, Damon thought he had it in this game, the off- last game
0: he didn't. Offensively, his only move seems to be corner three or drive wildly and throw sprint away, sprint <laughs> as fast as possible and hope that well, you get by the guy. I,
1: he is developing, and there's a lot that I like. But Joshua can tell you when I'm watching with Tafara on the court. It's usually what are you doing? It's yes. it's, it's very it's very Kit bazemore esque <laughs> when he
0: was with the Hawks. I was
1: going to say Ush when Ush was really wild and hadn't really toned it down and and controlled it in his in his especially senior year. So I hope Tafar can be the same thing. He is a disruptor. There's no question about it. So he is Usher like. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have his freak athletic skills as much, but he is a good athlete and can defend. So. You know, anyway, sorry, too much about too far. There. It is
0: what it is. So yes, Georgia Tech did get the win, so they went to the finals. Yeah, we were playing for the Diamond Head Classic Championship.
1: And heading into that final, I want to say I, I I was reading online comments, and you know, it, it of course there was a lot of support. And one of the things that I'm noticing is if you're going online and you're talking about how this team needs to be better at blank, I mean, first of all. Every fan of every team can find something their team needs to be better. And again, there's no question, I stand by yet again, this team is a roller coaster. They're going to continue to be a roller coaster. Hopefully, they'll put it all together by the end of the year. But right now, it's when they're good, they can be really, really good. And when they're bad, they can be really, really bad. See the second half of this game where we just couldn't hit a shot. I was like, hey, I know this team. This is Brian Gregory, Josh Passner, where we have no offense. But it wasn't for lack of offense and trying to, you know, wind down the clock. It was just they couldn't hit a shot to save their life. But again, this team flipped a switch, found a way to get four or five straight scores at the end of the game to kind of put the game out of reach. And, you know, Hawaii hit a big three to make it close again. And then they even had a shot, I believe, to uh, well, maybe it was to tie it, but they yeah, anyway, so no, that was the UMass game.
0: but they held on. They held on, right? And they got a win. A win is a win is a win. Fourth in a row for the team. There we go. Well, unfortunately, Steven, that four game winning streak would come to an end. moment of silence for the for the winning streak. yep. So they played Nevada in the uh, championship. Nevada came in at eleven and one. So definitely not a scrub team. Now, in all fairness, I don't think they played any big time superstar laden teams, but they had at least won the games that they were supposed to win, and they had won the games that they were playing in this tournament. And that that's not nothing. There were some there were some solid teams in this tournament. They had beat Damon's former uh, team at
1: Pacific, eighty eight forty one. So Damon was looking for revenge. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. for his guys revenge game did. Da- they beat Montana. They yeah they hadn't really. Played anybody, uh, but they had won handily in all their games. And let me tell you guys, nevada's legit.
0: And they had beaten Hawaii before coming into this tournament. It looks no, like they beat Hawaii in the first. No, because oh, we no played they Hawaii. You're they beat right. they beat Temple in the first round oh, so handily, they, they and then they, they beat early. And then they beat TCU, and TCU is they they were at least in the um, tournament last year. And I believe they lost a lot of talent off that team, but TCU is a is a solid basketball program.
1: They beat Hawaii. At Hawaii, then they went to Temple, and then they came back Temple, to the tournament.
0: Temple's Temple's part of the tournament because that was the first oh, round. Okay, sorry. First round, second. So they got round. to
1: Hawaii early. They'd
0: been there a week. There's the There's the advantage. Yeah, they were they weren't jet lagged were, like the rest of us. They were acclimated to yeah. the surroundings. Sorry. They got some nice time on the beach. They got their vacation. Anyway, so Georgia Tech lost this game 72 to 64. The big difference, and I mean, I can tell to you in this stat, in the first two games that Tech played in this tournament, they shot 49% and 46% from the field, which is, I believe, pretty, like, very good for this team, especially yes. this season. This game was more of what we had seen earlier. They shot 39% from the field, 23% from three. So in all those other games, it was a lot of, like, 20% shooting from three. That's kind of going to be par for the course for this team. But being efficient inside the three-point line was what separated us in those other two games. In this game, we couldn't get anything going there. Um, And you'll see it with these numbers. Miles Kelly, 3 of 15 from the field, 1 of 9 from 3. Poor kid, could not buy a bucket. Still had five rebounds and three assists. Um, But just open shots, like shots that Miles Kelly has knocked down his entire time on campus at the Flats, I did not. I believe not he started
1: three of six or three of seven. So he he went o for the last seven eight shots that he took in that
0: game. Yeah, he he struggled. Um, Kowesi Reeves nine points, three of eight, two of five from three. Nate George three of nine. Although he did have. Two steals, no turnovers, which is very important. Mm -hmm. Uh, Georgia Tech did get the turnovers under control in this game. Only had nine for the game. And the last game, the game against Hawaii, they only had eight. Yeah, so they've at least increased the ball security. Bayan Dongo was the only real source of offense for this team. 20 points, eight rebounds, seven of eight from the field, uh, six of six from the free throw line. Got to the point that they were running plays for him. Mm -hmm. He was posting people up, and he has a a pretty drop step, ladies and gentlemen. Let Mm -hmm. me tell you. Also had a block and a steal. Off the bench, eight points from Debo Coleman, three of six shooting. Um, Tyjon Claude had three and five, five from Kyle. Just not – nobody had like, – outside of bye, of course, nobody had a standout game.
1: I think Debo was was three of – Debo seemed to get a bucket when we
0: kind of needed it most. He was kind of
1: a band-aid. He was certainly not the leading scorer, only getting eight points. But every one of those buckets seemed to come at – Kind of an important point to get us back on track, or get I mean, us from having
0: them run away. Too you want to much. talk about buckets? Yeah, Keenan Blackshear.
1: Yeah! Holy crap!
0: Yeah! So holy so, crap! Uh, that family.
1: So Nevada won because of Keenan Blackshear and uh, the other guard uh, that I can't think of. They, they Jared had about, Lucas. Yeah, they had about seventy percent of their points, and and they did toward the end of the game. Quite literally, like sixty. They yeah. they they
0: combined for fifty.
1: Yeah, it reminded me of last year's game where Miles Kelly against Georgia State at Georgia State early in the season. They just put the ball in his hands, and he just kept going and getting buckets. They did this with Blackshear. He except he just kind of just went got to his spot, which was inside the lane, and just kept. It was like a horse game. He just kept throwing up shots, and they kept going in. Well, but they he, were just under control. He he was a man among boys, and yeah. you got it got to tip the cap because he didn't miss,
0: and we fouled him, and he hit all his
1: free throws or most of his free throws. He was eleven
0: of fourteen from the field and eight of eleven
1: from the free yeah, throw line. I mean, he he put that game away he, in the second half, last he, ten minutes. He
0: only took one three. Yeah.
1: No, it, it just he was. was the awesome. ball to him, Top of the lane, and it was
0: very NBA esque. Just, just get the matchup and just, just take him down. He was awesome. It was the, the Georgia Tech, unfortunately, was not. He was getting to his spots whenever he wanted to. There was a lot of mid range, like fade away ball fake, very similar to what you see like Kyle Sturdivant do. Yeah. But there was a lot less effort than Kyle typically has to do. That Tech just could not stop him at, um, at the top of the key. They could not stop him from getting penetration. The point of attack defense on him was. Was not what it needed to be,
1: and and the other uh, the other interesting thing about that is if you watch the game, you kept sh- they kept showing the Blackshear family who got to go there and cheer them on, including for uh, junior forward Kayla Blackshear of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. So Kayla was up there cheering for her brother, uh, as well she should. Blood is thicker than school ties, apparently.
0: So uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know Coach, if fans want to get mad. but Coach, if you want her to run a couple extra suicides, <laughs> I support it.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure she would think it's well worth it because her brother, I mean, again, tip of Dominating. the Dominating. He, he was... Awesome. He won that game uh, for Nevada at the end. And, and, you know, Nevada coached by Steve Alford. If, if he keeps playing like that, uh, you know, they should be a tournament team.
0: Uh, we'll see what happens. Very, but very good team. Tech goes into their um, break, more or less. They're not going to play another game for at least a week. They have Florida State next Wednesday, January the 3rd. Um, and then we'll get into the ACC schedule where you've got Boston College that Saturday and then Notre Dame that Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go into too much analysis, but let me tell you this. Notre Dame is a team in the first year of a to-the-studs rebuild. I um, that, saw an interview with their new coach, Micah Shrewsbury, who is well-respected, but he he laid into his team, and it was a lot about effort and a lot about various things. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Florida State is very middle-of-the-pack uh, any team coached by Leonard Hamilton, I have faith in. I think Leonard Hamilton's a fantastic coach, but they have not been the Florida State of old the last couple years. So we'll see. Boston College has been very good this year, from what I remember. I'm pulling up the standing now to make sure they are nine and three on the season. So it could be interesting. Listen, this ACC schedule is going to be interesting. You play Duke twice, you play Virginia
1: twice, you play Clemson twice. Those Great. are those are three of the of the top four to five teams in the in the conference. Should be. Um, you do get, uh, you know, we do get to play Louisville. We do get to play Notre. I mean, the ACC is going to be a very broad spectrum. And I think it's, I, I think the top teams are going to be really good. And I think the middle teams, it's going to kind of, we're going to kind of have to wait and see. And, and I don't know how strong this conference is overall. It's definitely not the deepest strongest, but the top is going to be good. I don't know if anyone is amazing in top five in the country, but there are five or six really good teams that will probably be ranked. So, you know, let's see if we can get in the middle of the pack. Let's see if we can. Su- We've already surprised Duke at home. I think this is a team that's going to play very well at home. I hope the fans help that. And, if this te- and there's no question that if this team can play to their potential, look out. Yeah, absolutely. Could be a fun—again, roller coaster season. Everybody hold on. Keep your hands and arms
0: inside the vehicle at all there's times. There's a small note before we move on from basketball. Georgia Tech picked up another commit, Steven. Yes. Overtime yeah. elite, Damon Sotomayor, is not leaving the city limits. He is recruiting kids from this program. And so far, it looks like it's paying—paying— um, paying, um, benefits. So Georgia Tech picked up Darian Sutton, 6'8", 175 pounds, as I said, from Overtime Elite. Um, he committed during halftime of his game in an interview because Overtime Elite is both a television show and a basketball league season, whatever. Um, but he is, according to 24-7, the number 82 player in this 2024 class, number 19 small forward, number 9 out of Georgia. He's a 4-star prospect. Um, he had a top, top 4 of, I believe, Michigan um, who else did I say? I believe Kansas might have been in there. He had some pretty big time offers. Like it when you he had thirty six total offers. Um, he got he took a visit to Missouri. Uh, got offers from Cincinnati, Florida States, uh, Ohio States. So we have we have three
1: commits now. Yes, Mustaf, Sutton, and Cole Ke- Kierolak. So three incoming freshmen, I believe. So according to one rank, we're in the top 20 we're right nineteen now. according yeah. to twenty
0: four seven. If you're into that kind of
1: thing. Yeah, and now what you've got is with By Dongo, who by the way picked up a piece of hardware for the yes. third week in a row. He is the ACC freshman of the week. Uh, so you have Indongo and George, and now you have three uh, potential freshmen in next year's class. All of a sudden, you're going, hey, the cupboards aren't bare. We're, we're building. We're getting young recruits. We're getting top recruits. Yes. We found a couple diamonds in the rough with George and Ndongo, who nobody expected a lot out of. Not so, this early, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. So uh, I like what I'm seeing. Stoudemire has a plan. He's, he knows what he wants, so shout out to
0: Also, me. Lance Terry. Um, is officially announced he will be taking a medical red shirt for this season yeah. so we will not see Lance Terry for the rest of the year we might see it. We will see him again next year unless he decides to transfer I don't see why he would transfer because he had a chance to transfer this year and he didn't and next year there's even probably going to be even more shots to go around depending on Miles Kelly's fate yeah so,
1: so shout out to Lance. We, we wish appreciate you nothing but the you. best. Yeah, and, and we're he's covered. been on the
0: bench for a lot of the games and he like has. in warmups. So yeah. I don't know. I don't I, know what it is. But
1: during the tournament, it was the first time I saw him not in warm-up So yeah. Um, all right. So Joshua, ahead <laughs> of the head of this show, you said something about. Hey, we'll do fifteen minutes on basketball, fifteen on football. So here we are. I forgot we're yappers. Well t- <laughs> we're yappers. Well over twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. So we thank you guys for staying with us. We're gonna go long apparently today, but if you want to hear about the the bowl game, let's uh Joshua give us a quick recap of Georgia Tech's first bowl win in seven years, I believe. Well, do you
0: want me to give the the notes around the program for the transfer portal before? Because it's very quick. Go for it. So Georgia Tech is gonna ruin be- my tease. I don't know. I'm sorry, but I just it's like a minute. Give me yeah. a minute. So Georgia Tech got one player back, but they lost two other players in the transfer portal churn. Jamie Felix officially took his name out of the portal. If you remember, he was the running back, one of the first guys to hop in the portal for Georgia Tech. Um, He had played during his freshman year uh, when Brent Key was the interim head coach. He played in three games down the stretch. This year did not see the field at all. So when he went in the portal, it made sense. But now he has officially taken his name out. But there are two other guys that have put their names in, according to Kelly Quinlan. Kenyatta Watson II, the son of recruiting maestro of Georgia Tech, Kenyatta Watson. He's going to be entering the portal as a grad transfer, which makes sense. He hasn't really played in his time on the flats. He came from Texas. He was a very highly regarded high school kid. Hasn't really been able to catch his quote-unquote break yet with one of these programs. So we wish him nothing but the best. Also, Noah Collins um, yesterday announced he was going into the portal. If you remember, he got his first career sack. In the Gasparilla Bowl. Oh, yeah. Um, and on it was injured on the play, unfortunately. Yes. But um, he's been on the flats for a couple years, never really was able to break into the edge rushing rotation. So we wish him nothing but the best, obviously. Um, and then the one other small note is Bryson Dixon, the defensive tackle from Alabama, the re- freshman that had come in last season. He's got a uh, destination. He's going to South Alabama. So he's going back closer to home. So good luck, kid. Wish you nothing but the best.
1: All right. And Georgia Tech capped off a, their first winning season in a while, their first bowl win in a while,
0: uh-huh.
1: with a 30-17 to 17 win over UCF in the Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, before you give the recap of the game, I found one interesting note that I'll say at the very beginning. It was last year against UCF where Georgia Tech was embarrassed for the last time, and it caused Jeff Collins to be fired over the weekend and also the ADs. Stansberry to be fired over the weekend and it was then that the entire Georgia Tech athletic program started to get rebuilt first by naming Brent Key as the interim coach and then bringing in J-Bat as the athletic director and I find it interesting that kind of the crowning of the rebuild to kind of say we're back we're here we're no we're not pushovers anymore was to face UCF yet again at the end of this season to get the first winning season and to get Brent Key's first uh, first bowl victory, hopefully, of many, uh, coaching Georgia Tech. So, Joshua, what do you want to bring out
0: from the game? We don't need to do all the stats, but well, what, I, what stood out to you? Georgia Tech started off down. Um, UCF dominated the first quarter. They were up 14 nothing at the end of it. And from there, it was all Georgia Tech. They scored four, 17 in the second, thir- 3 in the third, and 10 in the fourth, um, not to mention the running game was what brought them back. So you look at the stats. Haynes King only attempted 13 passes for 87 yards, but the team ran for 284 yards. Somewhere Coach Paul Johnson was smiling. Smiling ear to ear. Um, Jamal Haynes had his best game as a running back, 18 carries for 128 yards. You also had Haynes King with 89 yards on 12 carries. Uh, Davon Smith, 16. No, Dante. Davon Smith was the bad point guard. Dante (laughs) Smith, 16 carries, 65 yards, uh, just all around smash mouth, run it down the gut. You can't stop us, and we know it. Um, The offensive line started off kind of struggling the first quarter, but they really pulled it together and started to pave the way for the running backs to where they were not getting touched until about three, four yards downfield.
1: Yeah, the, uh, you know, we we joked about Paul Johnson was smiling, but it was also Paul Johnson-esque in, uh, you know, he was 7 of uh, 13 for 87 yards. But, you know, uh, Rutherford had two catches for 40 yards, a 20-yard average, and had that long TD pass. Leonard, uh, Dylan Leonard, had one reception for 29 yards. So there were a couple of, uh, there were a couple of, good long passes when needed, but it was very much, yeah, they they figured out, or they, they had a plan, and that plan was, we're going to run on this team, and they're not going to be able to stop us, and mm-hmm. whether it was Haynes King or Jamal Haynes, a lot of it up the middle, finding the gap, and just going long, and then... A lot of it just kind of grinding out some good runs yeah. and
0: going to the edge When I mean just Haynes did hit a beautiful deep pass to Balik Rutherford yep, for a that touchdown. That was the
1: touchdown pass. It was it was very, very nice. And so Buster, I mean, I, I, I just like what Buster's doing. He's putting his players in really good positions to do good things, and you gotta give a shout out to him. Yeah. And the line just you know, the offensive line started to control the game. I don't know if anybody else will admit this, but when we were down fourteen nothing. I had a moment of oh here we go false hope yeah maybe we're not as good as I thought we were and then I will lift my hand and say yeah. I was wrong because that team just turned it on yeah, I mean they, they just, just turned showed up and yeah they
0: showed they showed out they started
1: to really UCF was one of the better running teams in the nation yeah. and we shut them down.
0: Yeah, part of it was uh, John Reese Plumley, their quarterback, did get hurt. That was um, late towards in the, the game. end, though. That but they even when he was in there, they were stopping him. Um, you saw Paul Mawala get two tackles for loss as well as a sack. Um, you got a sack from Jason Moore, sack from Noah Collins, as we mentioned previously. Um, Amari Harvey had a great pick off the backup quarterback that came in to kind of seal the game and officially put the nail in the coffin. Uh, Kyle Efford had 10 tackles. He was just flying all over the place, putting the boom on kids. You also had, you know, six tackles from Harvey, five from Zeke Biggers. Kevin Harris had five total tackles. The Miles Brooks had five tackles. I mean, they, the defense was flying, flying around, rallying to the ball and really could like stop them from getting anything going after they gashed them for the first 15 minutes of the game.
1: I hope everyone who listens to this uh, podcast, and again, we thank you for your uh, listenership, but, I hope everyone experienced a little bit of what Joshua, I think you and I experienced as we're watching that game. And as we're watching them play, there was so much pride there was so much, I was just happy to be a Georgia tech yellow jacket alum uh, and, and a fan because they played so well and they played so hard this year. And this was a team that really gave you everything they had and got better and corrected mistakes and worked on things and, you know, it, it it was I just there's so much thanks to go around. I think Haynes King needs to be the first uh, person who I mean, they were it just it and this game was just yet another example. There were moments where it was just like we needed a big play and Haynes had it. Jamal Haynes was the MVP of the bowl and he yeah. just ran like a you know, bat out of Hades. I mean, he just was would not be denied on certain things, a lot of speed. But it was it was not just the stars. The stars shine because of the other guys, the people who hit the blocks, the people who you know made the plays. And uh, uh,
0: line of the night, I say it must have been that Powerade they were drinking. There you go. Give, you you go ahead and take credit yeah. for that. Coca Cola school. Georgia yeah, Tech.
1: I, I love that. They asked him. Uh, they asked after the game. They asked Brent Key how the, how was that to get a Gatorade bath? He goes, "That was Powerade." We're a Coca Cola school. So he knows where his bread is buttered. Get get him an NIL deal right now. I love it, man. He's a tech man. He knows that. So, um, you know, good things to come. I'm excited about next year already. I'm looking forward to seeing how this team comes back and can they build on this? Can they get even better? Can they become uh, more of a a player uh, where it's not a surprise when we win a big game, but are they going to, you know, what kind of culture are they going to continue to build? You've gotta think the future is bright for the football program.
0: Yeah. I mean I'd, and if you don't, I'd I'd love to know what you're sipping because that's that I want to avoid it at all costs because that's giving you a lot of negative negative Nancy vibes. I mean,
1: to to be clear, Haynes King of course is coming back. As far as, uh,
0: yep. Jamal Haynes does have
1: one more year of he has eligibility. Multiple years. He's okay. like a redshirt sophomore. There you go. So he's got more. We're getting some running back help. Dante, of course. We salute you, sir. Thank you for being a yes. good soldier during rough years. You never gave up on the program, and I'm glad you got a bowl win. Uh,
0: you're my MVP of, of just kind of sticking with this team. Just and got to find an edge rusher. That's the biggest thing right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this later. Well, whole, and and the here's the thing. Here?
1: Our defense did have moments where they improved. There's no question about that. Yes. So can they be
0: consistent, and can they become a strength to go along with the offensive strength? Look out. We'll have to track to see if Kevin Scherrer is retained as defensive coordinator or if they could look for somebody new. Um, Andrew Thacker, I believe, is still on the team, but he's an off-field role. Not 100% sure. We'll look for some more clarity here in the next, um, next couple months.
1: And one thing I can tell you is as that comes into fruition, Joshua and I will be talking about it probably ad nauseum to a point where you want to... Turn us off, but we thank you for not turning us off. If you've got any opinions or thoughts or things you want to say uh, about the show or, or things you want to, uh, you know, like I said, just tell us what you think. Joshua Julian 26 at outlook.com, uh is where you can email us. The other thing I want to encourage you to do is if you have any friends, if you have any family, if you have any enemies, but they are tech fans or tech alum, let them know about this podcast, and you can do that by saying something Beyond just asking the most important question, which also happens to be a well-known title of an up-and-coming podcast.
0: What's the good word?